from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Diversion Audio. A note. This episode contains descriptions of violence and genocide that may be disturbing. Please take care in listening. This series is based on historical characters and real events. Some dialogue has been imagined for dramatic purposes when no primary source material is available. Virginia Hall had successfully managed to save a British pilot from German clutches, but the rescue came with a cost. While meeting with a downed airman in a public restaurant, she was confronted by the Gestapo after the pilot ordered a beer, a drink forbidden to the French public. In an effort to cover for him, Virginia explained that she was an American newspaper reporter named Brigitte Lecontre. But by doing that, she'd exposed her alias to the Nazis earlier in her mission than she had hoped. Now she felt she had to move. Virginia abandoned her current safe house in Lyon and set up shop in another, notifying Vera Atkins, her unofficial handler with the SOE back in London, that she was changing her street name to Marie. She decided she'd have to be smarter about direct contact with Nazis going forward. She would offer aid to operatives who needed it, but she'd have to work more discreetly. Up to this point, Virginia could move about in France without much pushback. She could use her status as an American to fend off a stint in a German prison, so long as she wasn't actively stirring up trouble. 
Though America had thrown financial and moral support to the Allied forces, it was still the middle of 1941, and the U.S. hadn't officially entered the war. As President Roosevelt explained in late 1940, The people of Europe who are defending themselves do not ask us to do their fighting. They ask us for the implements of war, the planes, the tanks, the guns, the freighters, which will enable them to fight for their liberty and our security. The Democrats controlled both the House and the Senate at that point and believed entangling themselves in an international war would distract from an economy that was still recovering from the Great Depression. America was confident that a united France and Britain could beat back Hitler's armies. But after the Blitz of 1940, Germany's persistent bombings of English cities drew sympathy from America. The Blitz was a series of German air raids and bombing attacks that lasted until 1941, forcing Brits into their homes for extended periods of time and leaving much of London in ruins. As one BBC radio reporter recalled, I was walking between solid walls of fire. Roofs of shops and office buildings came down with a roaring crash. Panes of glass were cracking everywhere from the heat. And every street was crisscrossed with innumerable lengths of hose. President Roosevelt began taking bigger steps away from neutrality in an effort to help the British, eventually offering U.S. ships to work as convoys for British travel around the globe. It wasn't long before the Axis powers realized the U.S. would be more directly involved sooner rather than later. With that in mind, the order was given. Yesterday, December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked. Japan bombed the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor in what was then the U.S. territory of Hawaii, killing 2,335 people and wounding over 1,000 more. The next day, President Roosevelt declared war against Japan officially entering World War II and effectively ending Virginia's cover in France as she was now stationed deep within enemy territory. I'm Stephen Talty, and from Diversion, this is Good Assassins Season 2. Being killed would be the easy part. Being tortured would be the hard part. Our intel suggests she is behind many of the prison bricks all over the country. She is dangerous. So sabotage plus a little espionage, paramilitary operations make things blow up. A message for Captain Barbie. I believe I have found the nest of the limping lady. Episode 5, Enemy Territory. It was early 1942, and Robert Alesh's hunt for the limping lady had brought him to the doorstep of a French gynecologist and resistance operative named Dr. Jean Rousset in Lyon, France. 
Olesh had managed to trick the doctor into believing he was a priest named Robert Akam, a new courier for the French resistance. In reality, he was a Nazi spy working directly for infamous SS officer Klaus Barbie. Olesh had received information from Dr. Rousset and concluded a woman named Marie may be the limping lady he had been searching for. He wired his superiors with a report. A message for Captain Barbie. This is Alesh. I believe I have found the nest of the limping lady. Between her rescue of the British pilot and Alesh's visit to Dr. Rousset's home, the limping lady had become a major thorn in the side of the SS. She had managed to gather intel of German missions and plots to target British strongholds in France that gave the Brits an edge. But most importantly, the limping lady was considered by the SS to be the leader of a new resistance network named Heckler that supplied resistance members with weaponry, housing, and escape routes out of the country. In reality, Virginia wasn't just the leader of Heckler, but the founder. We tried to confirm why Virginia named her unit Heckler, but our research was unsuccessful. Her well-known wit might be some indication. But whether Heckler was named to aggravate the Nazis, there was no denying its impact on German war efforts. Over the course of about 11 months, between August 1941 and July 1942, Virginia masterminded multiple jailbreaks, freeing captured British and French resistance fighters who returned information to London. And she did it all from the shadows. What do you want me to do when I find the limping lady? Confirm her location and then return to us. Do not make any attempt to arrest her. We don't want to expose you just yet. I don't want to tell you how to do your job, Captain. But if this really is the limping lady, I would discourage any attempt to imprison her. She won't go to prison. She'll go to the camps. Soon after Adolf Hitler became chancellor in Germany in 1933, the Nazis began to set up a number of isolated stations, ostensibly to hold those they deemed undesirable until the war ended. These stations, architecturally designed for the purpose of suffering and dehumanization, were called concentration camps. The first concentration camp was built in Dachau, Germany, just outside of Munich in March of 1933. So Dachau uh, was the most important and the most long-lasting of the concentration camps that are set up in the first months of Hitler's dictatorship. And therefore, as such, Dachau was central to the destruction of the Weimar Republic and to the destruction of the rule of law in Germany. That's Christopher Dillon, a senior lecturer of modern German history at King's College London. In 2015, he published a book called Dachau and the SS, A Schooling in Violence. Dachau was built for political prisoners and perceived threats to the Nazi party. And the majority of its first occupants included Jews, social democrats, German communists, and others perceived as sympathetic to socialist ideals. As the camp grew over time, it became home to others deemed unsociable, most notably homosexuals, the Roma, and Jehovah's Witnesses. 
Once these prisoners arrived, they faced a world of terror. Some are beaten with an ox whip in front of the assembled prisoners, which is both a punishment for their supposed deeds, but also a demonstration to the wider prisoner community of the SS's absolute power in the camps. Some arrivals are taken off to the camp lockup or bunker, where they're tormented, are insulted, beaten, deprived of sleep, subjected to attack dogs, and invited to commit suicide. And in a handful of cases also, you have uh, kind of Nazi apostates, supposed internal traitors of the movement, who are brought to the camp and then are, are kind of gruesomely murdered in so-called feme executions, which is an honor killing that was quite fashionable on the German right during the Weimar Republic. In 1933, the first commandant of Dachau invoked martial law in a unilateral declaration, one that had no validity and would not be recognized by the local government. But it gave the SS guards grounds for their actions years before World War II began. An Auschwitz commandant, who had cut his teeth at Dachau, wrote a post-war memoir. He uses the term Dachau spirit to describe what he calls the unique, quote, atmosphere of hatred, end quote, in Dachau towards the prisoners. And he saw this as being kind of like proactively brutal and hectoring guard culture and an almost kind of boyish, open joy in inflicting creative suffering on the inmates. This Dachau spirit was then diffused throughout the camp system. Because SS men who kind of earn their spurs in Dachau are then posted to set up camps elsewhere. And a core ethos of the guard mentality was anti-Semitism. In fact, 14 of the 22 prisoners murdered at Dachau in his first year of operation were Jewish, even though Jews made up less than 10% of the inmate population at the time. If you didn't loudly and publicly hate Jews at all times as a Dachau guard, you simply wouldn't fit in. It was absolutely axiomatic to the worldview of Nazi activists and party members. Dachau's primary architect was an SS officer named Theodor Eicke, who became commandant of the camp in June of 1933. He was fanatical Nazi, he was charismatic, pugnacious, devoted, he had no kind of life really outside the SS. Eicke wanted Gars to hate the prisoners on a very personal and emotional level. He wrote, quote, SS men must hate, the heart in their breasts must be turned to stone, end quote. So under Eicke's command, the guards at Dachau, so increasingly these young males who come from the Hitler Youth, are hazed and drilled in the roughest German tradition and encouraged in turn to channel their resentments of being mistreated during drill onto the camp prisoners to cascade them. Guards are promoted for violence and then protected from any legal consequences from their actions. So the camps really are a lawless space by the mid-1930s. It was Ica who masterminded the blue and white pajamas given to detainees. And it was Ica who oversaw a new regiment of Nazi guards and methods that led to most of the harsh and often lethal punishments that became standard in every camp. The Nazis regularly withheld food from their prisoners while simultaneously increasing their workloads. They were literally worked to the bone and not given medical treatment for malnutrition, injury, exhaustion, and dehydration. If they died, they were merely replaced with others. Eicke would rise through the ranks and be placed in the crosshairs of history as he was later handpicked by Hitler to murder Ernst Röhm 
a high-ranking Nazi who Hitler feared was plotting to take over the Nazi party in 1934. Here's a man named Abe Melnick reflecting on his horrific time as a prisoner at Dachau. In Dachau, every morning, other friend of mine and myself, we had a small cart, like a little rickshaw, and we walked from bag to bag, and we pulled up all the dead people and stacked them up and take them to a ravine, dump them, and do it again. And some of my own friends I wouldn't even recognize because they're full of lies. Lice, mal- malnutrition, diarrhea, dysentery, typhoid, everything, all that, everything he does. Dachau was the longest camp in operation, only shutting down after its liberation from Allied forces in April of 1945. It's estimated over 200,000 prisoners worked in Dachau throughout the course of its operation though the death toll is disputed. While the count of nearly 28,000 deaths was tallied between 1940 and 1945, the number from 1933 to 1939 is unknown, as the amount of murdered, unregistered prisoners can't be counted. The first thing they see is like an enormous train on the sidings of Dachau, which is full of corpses. Uh, These are prisoners that have been transported from elsewhere in the camp system and have died en route. So this is absolutely sickening sights. These otherworldly scenes of suffering and death are, are seared into everyone's historical consciousness. We have to take a short break. Stay with us. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. According to the U.S. Holocaust Museum, quote, the Nazis and their allies ran more than 44,000 camps, ghettos, and other sites of detention, persecution, forced labor, and murder during the Holocaust. Dachau was just the first of the concentration camps created by Germany. They varied in size and function. Some were labor camps, and others were just execution sites. These were the hellish places that people like Robert Alesch were sending Jews, resistance fighters, and those who spoke out against the Nazi party. After receiving permission from Klaus Barbie, the head of the Gestapo in Lyon, to hunt down the limping lady, Alesh knew that the address Dr. Rousset had given him wouldn't likely put him in direct contact with her. Alesh had spent enough time undercover among resistance fighters to know that they all carried multiple aliases. And while he was sure that Marie was the limping lady, he knew that discovering her real identity before making contact would give him an advantage. But he couldn't go back to Dr. Rousset and ask him directly. Alesh once again turned to the Lyon churches, adopting his persona as a priest to find more information. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been seven months since my last confession. Oh, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Forgive me, Father, it has been, for I have sinned. Six weeks since my last confession. It has been five months since my last confession. But this method seemed to have run its course. The resistance unit, known as Heckler, had dug deep into Lyon. And apparently the word had gotten out not to trust the clergy with any resistance secrets. With his secret weapon taken away, Alesh went back to Barbie for advice. You told me you had her location. Sir, I think we should know more about her before we show up at her door. What we know about her is that she is single-handedly taking us apart. Heckler is responsible for the men we lost at Muzak, and now you are hesitating? In July of 1942, Virginia had successfully plotted the escape of 12 British agents and resistance fighters from a prison called Muzak in the city of Bergerac in the southwest of France. It was an amazing operation. Over a series of a few months, Virginia brought together a number of Heckler operatives who slowly and methodically delivered to the prisoners bits of clay in tin sardine cans that could be used to make a cast of the lock of the barracks door. After successfully building a replica of the lock, a locksmith was able to build a key that was then smuggled into the prison and allowed the prisoners to escape. After their escape, Virginia smuggled the agents out of France, through Spain, and into London, all while never stepping out of the shadows. This incredible operation was deemed one of the Nazis' greatest embarrassments. 
every moment you are standing here in front of me is another moment where that woman is transmitting our plans to the British and setting us back months. If I go to the address and misidentify her, we'll have played our hand and all of this will be for nothing. Then we'll shell the place on... Sir, if she's there, you'll kill her and we won't have learned anything. We need her alive. We need her face on a poster that we can shove into the faces of the British so we can make them think we know everything about the operations. If we capture the limping lady, we destroy Heckler. But if we haven't confirmed exactly who she is and we just kill some woman, we could be looking for the limping lady forever. Then go get her. We have to imagine this exchange with Barbie was frustrating for Lesh. He would have felt like he was back at square one. He considered that if he just knew what the limping lady looked like, beyond her limp, he could make a positive ID with a careful interrogation. He also knew that if she had a tell as prominent as a limp and she was the leader of Heckler, it was possible that other female agents or resistance members might pretend to have limps just to keep the Nazis guessing. But Lesh couldn't get church parishioners to talk about the resistance and confession anymore. They were either not involved or had gotten wise to spilling secrets. His priest persona was proving ineffective, so he would have to take a more scholastic route and review reports made by the Gestapo about past encounters with suspicious civilians. It was here that Alesh learned of an instance in which a foreign news reporter had a strange encounter with the Gestapo about a year before. Robert Alesh? Yeah. You are the, the man who spoke to the reporter. Yeah, in the cafe. What exactly made this reporter stand out? Uh, well, she was a woman. And uh, she was with a man who tried ordering beer. Shaky fellow. Nervous. And her accent. Her French was excellent. But her accent was, I believe, perhaps Canadian? What was her name? Uh, I don't remember. Was it Marie? Uh, no, it wasn't Marie. It was um, Bridget. Uh, I believe Bridget. Hmm. You have written in your report that she had a limp. Yeah, that's right. And this was about a year ago, before the limping lady was known to us. Yes, sir. I didn't think anything of it. Describe her to me. Virginia was described as mid-30s, dark hair with a large, slender nose. She had thin eyebrows with a higher-than-normal arch that curled sharply and thin lips. Her height was noted as 5'7". With this description and limited other options, Alesh decided on his next move. After the break he pays a visit to the address given to him by Dr. Rousset. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. It's unclear if Robert Alesh felt any guilt for what he was doing. When Germany first became a threat to Europe, he'd originally sided against them. And records show he even considered himself part of the resistance, aligning with the French and working to hide immigrant Jews in his parish. But when the Nazis took over all of France in 42 and Alesh was arrested for his activities, he quickly switched sides and never seemed to look back. Now he was in league with some of the top-ranking Nazis stationed in France, although it seems he was not himself a designated member of the Gestapo. With his connections to the SS, he likely could have run and escaped to almost anywhere in the world. But instead, Olesh chose to stay and work, maybe hoping to build an identity in this new world the Nazis promised. He'd come a long way, and we haven't been able to find any evidence that he ever planned to turn back. I wish with all my heart that everyone fighting in this war could have come with me through the barbed wire fence that leads to the inner compound of the camp. Following the end of the war in 1945, the world started to learn of the devastating number of people killed in the concentration camps, starting with Belsen in Germany. Richard Dimbleby described what he found there in his role as a war correspondent for the BBC. But beyond the barrier, was a whirling cloud of dust, the dust of thousands of slowly moving people, laden in itself with the deadly typhus germ. And with the dust was a smell, sickly and thick, the smell of death and decay, of corruption and filth. 
I passed through the barrier and found myself in the world of a nightmare. Dead bodies, some of them in decay, lay strewn about the road and along the rutted tracks. On each side of the road were brown wooden huts. There were faces at the windows, the bony, emaciated faces of starving women, too weak to come outside. An estimated six million Jewish people were murdered at the hands of the Nazis. Sometimes, when we hear numbers so large, it's difficult to put them into perspective. So consider this. More Jews were murdered in concentration camps than there are people currently living in the entire city of Los Angeles. While the Holocaust can't give us a perfect number for all its casualties, due to the Nazis destroying their records as camps were being liberated, it remains the most well-documented and accurate count of genocide in human history. I've seen many terrible sights in the last five years, but nothing, nothing approaching the dreadful interior of this hut at Belsen. The dead and the dying lay close together. As Alesh approached the address given to him by Dr. Rousset, he shifted into his Father Akon persona. He would only get one chance with this lead, and he still wasn't sure if this Marie was in fact the limping lady. <clears throat> yes? Marie! Marie? It's Father Akon! Have you treated the cats on the roof? Yes! But they won't take brandy. Come in, father. <sighs> Coming up on the next episode of Good Assassins. Being burned is devastating. That means your whole network could be compromised. Your number one thing is that tingly spider sense, right? The American invasion force has made landings at Oran and Algiers on the north coast of French North Africa and somewhere on the west coast. Whatever it is the Gestapo wants, they'll demand it in exchange for making the pain end. And then at the end, they'll mainly execute the people. If you have any questions for us about Good Assassins, if you're curious about some aspect of Virginia Hall's story, or have any comments on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at goodassassins at diversionaudio.com. Make sure you spell assassins correctly. Again, that's goodassassins at diversionaudio.com. We'll try to answer your questions on a future episode. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at diversionpods, Good Assassins is a production of Diversion Audio in association with iHeart Podcasts. This season is hosted by Stephen Talty and written by C.D. Carpenter. Produced and directed by Kevin Thompson for Real Jetpacks Productions. Story editing by Jacob Bronstein with editorial direction from Scott Waxman. Additional research and reporting by Sophie McNulty. Theme music by Tyler Cash. Featuring the voices of Michaela Iskerdo, Raphael Korkil, Lena Klingeman, John Pierkis, Andrew Polk, Orla Cassidy, Manuel Falciano, Sean Gormley, Matthew Ament, and Steve Routman. 
Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Paul Goodrich. Sound editing by Justin Kilpatrick. Executive producers, Jacob Bronstein, Mark Francis, and Scott Waxman for Diversion Audio. Diversion Audio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.